Good morning. Welcome to St. Luke on this beautiful Advent morning. We are in for such a treat. This is a special service, and it's really, really wonderful to be in worship with all of you here today. Whether you're in person or online, we're glad you're part of our gathering. This is a place of hope and healing and wholeness. We're passionate about pursuing Jesus Christ together. And if you're our guest, you have our special welcome. We're very glad you're here. We would love to get to know you and answer questions you might have about the church, help you find ways you can connect. There is a connect card in the pew back and if you take a moment to fill that out and either put it in the offering box at the back of the sanctuary or take it to one of the desk areas where we have a gift for you we will follow up with you and would love to talk with you and help you find your place here I have just a few announcements to share with you. First of all, our mission emphasis this month is our um, Advent Blue Barrel Sundays for our God's Pantry ministry, and we are doing an extended Blue Barrel Sunday celebration where we're collecting 12 days of Advent, a different food item and different numbers of food items for 12 days to help supply our pantry during this season. We serve an awful lot of people every single day, and we count on you and really appreciate your generosity and your faithfulness in that ministry. It makes a real difference to our neighbors who are in need so thank you also a quick note about our advent and christmas schedule we're going to be doing some christmas caroling this week and every day this week coming up if you are interested and haven't signed up yet talk to brent he'll be very excited to hear from you um, or you can also sign up online and we're going to be going to different places different homes nursing homes and things like that and sharing christmas cheer so take a moment to check that out and sign up and join that's going to be an awful lot of fun next sunday this is hard to believe but next Sunday is Christmas Eve and we are going to be having a lot going on at church that day. We're going to have one morning worship service that'll be at 11 o'clock and it'll be in the gym and that will be our fourth Sunday of Advent service and then we're going to have two Christmas Eve services one at 3 30 and one at 5 30. After our 3.30 service, we'll have a hot chocolate bar and cookie reception. And then after the 5.30 service, we'll have a potluck dinner in the gym. Uh, the church is supplying fried chicken and drinks, and we encourage you to bring sides or desserts. Um, invite people that you know. It's going to be an awfully fun time to enjoy food and fellowship together and celebrate the Christmas season as our church family. Quick note, after the service, we'll be offering communion in the chapel, so take a minute to stop by there and receive Holy Communion after this service. And now I invite you to stand and join me in this responsive call to worship. And God said, let there be light out of the darkness shining. Let there be light. Sun, moon, and stars out of the darkness shining. There came a star out of Jacob rising. There rose a scepter out of Israel. Please remain standing.
When God's people were surrounded by hardship, suffering, and grief, Isaiah proclaimed, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3a. We come today as a people who are also surrounded by suffering and grief, and yet the Spirit hovers among us tending and anointing, inspiring freedom where there is captivity, declaring blessings in all places, and igniting joy where mourning and heartache prevail. Please join me. We wait as people who experience hardship and pain, and yet celebrate the joy that is ours in Christ Jesus, that endures in every season of life. Come, Lord Jesus. This morning, we relight the first two candles as signs that Jesus is our hope. And he brings us peace. Today, we light the candle of joy. May our lives shine with the joy of the light who lives in our hearts. There's other kids in the sanctuary. You're welcome to come and join us for the children's message. I'm so glad to see all of you this morning. You look so festive. Flowers won't bite you, Abby, I promise. (laughs) Well, Christmas is such an exciting time of year, and I just love all the beautiful decorations. There's flowers, there's bows, there's ribbons, there's bells, there's trees, there's stars, and angels. Lots and lots of angels. Have you noticed lots of angels at Christmas time? Yes. Yeah. An angel is important to Christmas and has been important to Christmas even before Jesus was born. Last week, I told you about an angel visiting Mary to tell her that she was going to have a baby. Did you know that an angel also visited Joseph? Hmm. Joseph and Mary were engaged to be married, and when Joseph discovered that Mary was going to have a baby, he probably asked himself, what do I do now? Joseph was a good man and did not want to embarrass Mary in front of her friends and family, and so he decided it would be better to break off their engagement quietly, again, not to embarrass her. And while he was thinking about this, an angel came to him in a dream. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, the angel said. The child that is inside of her is from the Holy Spirit. She will have a son, and you are to call him Jesus, for he will save the people from their sins. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and spoke to him, this made God's plan clear. Joseph was obedient. 
He didn't have to understand how everything was going to happen. He didn't need to worry about what other people said or thought about the situation. Joseph trusted and obeyed God. Sometimes you and I might find ourselves in a situation where we don't know what to do, just like Joseph, and we might ask ourselves, what do I do now? If we listen, God will tell us what to do. Now, he may not speak to you through an angel, although that is possible. He can speak to you through his word and through the big people in your life. It's up to us to listen and obey, just like Joseph. Can we say this together? God loves me, God is always with me, and God has a plan for me. Let's go upstairs for God's backyard. Let's pray. Holy and gracious God, we're here to worship you and to praise you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for these incredibly gifted musicians who are helping us experience your awe and glory. And we thank you for this community that you've brought together.
We love you, Lord. As we worship you and as we walk through these remaining days of Advent, through the Christmas season and into the new year, help us to remember and reflect on the miracle and the mystery of the Christ child who has come and who is coming. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for the ways in which we've not honored you. Remind us of your example and your call to be your disciples and to help others know that you are real, that you care, and that you offer the hope and the healing and the wholeness that they seek. Holy God, we're grateful for this season of joy and anticipation. And we thank you for the time with family and friends that are so special. We also ask you to be with those for whom this is not a happy season, those who are lonely or who are grieving. Help them know you are close. Remind us of their need and lead us to reach out with a call or a note or a visit. Remind us that you know our pain, you've experienced our hurts, and your heart and your blessings are especially with those who are hurting. Lord, we ask you to be with those for whom this is not a season of plenty. Give us the gift of gratitude for what we have and help us to give freely and gladly to those less fortunate. Be with those who are in harm's way and bring peace to war-torn areas. Be with those who are serving our country and be with those who sacrifice time with their families to care for us. Bountiful God, we humbly lift up to you the offering that we'll receive today. We know that everything we have comes from you and we give with glad hearts. We thank you for the lives that are touched and transformed through the ministries of our church. Mighty God, we celebrate with joy. May your spirit be present and may all know the truth of your love and your mercy and your grace. You are the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace, Emmanuel. And now merciful God, we lift up our voices, one people, as we pray the prayer your son Jesus taught his disciples. Our father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the sixth month of Lisbeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. But Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greenie this might be. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. 
The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Joseph's descendants forever, Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I am a virgin, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For with God, nothing is impossible.
And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David. He went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn.
same country shepherds abiding in the field keeping watch over their flock by night and lo the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were so afraid and the angel said unto them fear not for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you this day in the city of David a Savior is born, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward all men.
And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard as it was told unto them.
morning, St. Luke family. How are you? What a great day in worship. Yes? All right, right on. Uh, Let's dig right in. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Hear this reading from God's Word. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, it's funny how our usage of words changes over time, yes? I went to a store not long ago and uh, bought a couple of hats to uh, wear around the golf course, and uh, one of the young guys who was in the department said, that's a sick hat. Now, I knew what he meant, as old as I am at this point, I knew what he meant, my kids use that, you know, I'm going to date myself, it's sort of cool or awesome or what have you, but really the meaning of sick is pretty simple, it's having a severe illness or a disease. (laughs) So I said to him, well, that's nice, and I want you to recognize that we use this word nice all the time, and yet nice is from the Latin meaning unaware or ignorant. (laughs) So perhaps I didn't say the right thing. We do this all the time. Uh, Take, for example, yesterday we were certainly glad that North Carolina at the end of the game fizzled out, right? And yet this word fizzle has a completely different origin and act pertaining to quiet flatulence. (laughs) And yet we do this all the time. We use these words over and over again. And there's a word, I think, in our scripture today that is so common, we just sort of gloss over it. The scripture reads, and her husband Joseph being a, a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Just, same word as righteous, a person or conduct who or that is morally right, one who's virtuous. Now I suspect when we hear this word just, we get this sort of imagery, right? A balancing of the scales, making sure that the wrongs are righted, The victims are made whole and the perpetrators are brought to the appropriate kind of justice. And yet, in the economy of God's kingdom, there's a very different kind of just altogether. Consider the book of Romans in which Paul tells us that very scarcely will someone die for a righteous person. And yet, God shows his love for us in that he dies for all of us who are unrighteous altogether. God's justice is very, very different. And so as we read about Joseph today, this just man who we really know so little about, one who's virtuous, one who's righteous, has the love of God because the work of God is evident in his life, we're told that he's not going to divorce his wife, Mary. And that's a big deal, but do we really know why? Well, the backstory goes something like this. Mary and Joseph grew up in the same town of Nazareth. 
And Nazareth had about 500 to 1,000 people in it in those days. That's about the size of my high school graduating class. So I think about living in a town with all those folks I went to high school with. So they knew each other clearly, and the fact that they're from the same lineage from King David means that they probably knew each other maybe a little better than normal. And so at some point, I imagine Joseph, who would have been somewhere between the ages of 16 and 25 years old, had his eye on Mary. And Joseph would have sent his dad to Mary's father to have a discussion about the possibility of marriage. Consider in those days that all marriages were arranged, which I suppose could be good and it could be bad at the same time. So the two would have sat down, Joseph's father and Mary's father, and Mary's father would have considered, is Joseph a just man? Is he righteous? Is he the kind of guy who lives following the commandments of Scripture? Does he have an honorable profession? We know that he's a carpenter. Realize that a carpenter is not somebody who necessarily works with wood in that part of the world, but somebody who would have worked with stone. So sure, Joseph had an honorable profession. He was a just or righteous kind of man, and his family had a good name. And so I see Mary's father saying, yes, let's bring the kids in. And Fiddler on the Roof would kick off, and they would share a glass of wine. And just a few months down the road, they would be married before all their friends and family, and life would be happily ever after, as we would imagine the story would go. In fact, at that moment, they're legally uh, married to one another. Only a divorce could break the engagement. And this is what God has desired. Now, I want you to imagine, the mar- the, especially guys, the woman you're about to be married to, this happens in your life story. We read in the scripture this morning, now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. I wonder how that whole thing unfolded. Do you remember having those conversations before the wedding about everything from linens to plates to, was it chicken or fish? And I suspect somewhere in the middle of that dialogue, there must have been a conversation like this. So... I probably need to let you know something. I'm going to have a child, and the child that's in me is from the Holy Spirit. I'm sure Joseph thought, well, that completely clears everything up for me. (laughs) I mean, can you imagine? What would you say? This woman you're about to be married to, you get this kind of news, and of course later in the scripture we're told that the angel visits, and so on and so forth, but surely at some point, there was a conversation to be had. And Joseph, this just man, could have pursued two courses of just action. In fact, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 22 would have given him the right to have Mary stoned. And if that wasn't enough, the book of Numbers, which I know all of you spend all of your devotional time reading, Numbers chapter 5 said that there's a trial of the wayward wife, and what he could have done is, after suspecting his wife was pregnant, get some witnesses, have the rabbi accompany them to the temple. Mary would have been brought before uh, a committee, and she would have been stripped topless to be treated like a harlot and a leper. And she had two choices in that moment. She could confess 
to her indiscretion and be immediately stoned. Or she could deny that this had happened. And what they would have done is scrape dirt from the temple floor, mixed it with water, and have her drink it. And the idea behind it is simply this. If at any point over the next two years, and I recognize you from the medical community want to have a conversation with me after this. I'll be glad to have that with you. But after two years, if at any point she has a miscarriage, it's proof. Proof that she had committed adultery. And if not, if the baby lives or she's not pregnant, well, the man would have been punished and never able to divorce again. How many people know that does not have the makings of a happy marriage? (laughs) And so this just man, Joseph, had two courses of action. And and in the world we live in today where we say, vengeance is ours and let's take it to them and balance the scales and right the wrongs, those were the courses of actions uh, that he had. And yet what we're told is he had in mind to divorce her quietly so as not to bring shame on her or on her family. Joseph is just because he loves how God loves. He lives how God desires us to live. And sometimes love means that we don't necessarily get the outcomes we want. Yes? We get the outcomes that God desires. Think about the moments of doubt he must have had along the way. I mean, sure, you're pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Perfect. I don't exactly understand how that works. Or the moments that he must have walked through the town of Nazareth and people started to point when Mary started to show, oh, that's Joseph, you know, the one with Mary. Bless their heart. (laughs) Which, of course, makes everything okay. And yet Joseph's this just man. He could have stopped the road to Bethlehem right then and there, and yet he doesn't. Now, could God have authored it another way? You bet, he's God. He can do anything, anywhere, anytime, with anyone in any way that he wants. I've been telling you this for five years now. But he didn't, because he's a just man. And when I think about that, and I think about Joseph, I am just filled with wonder this morning. Here's this man who is mentioned all of 13 times in Scripture. 13. Nine of them surround this event about Mary becoming pregnant. We know so little about him. We know that he died early, according to tradition, and my goodness, that's a lot of stress to raise the Son of God, yes? We know that uh, immediately after the birth, they're on the run to Egypt to escape the king who wants to kill the child and most likely the family that he's a part of. His life must have been filled with all kinds of stress, the stress of a pregnancy he would have never imagined, the stress of traveling for taxes, the stress of traveling to Egypt, the stress of having everybody in your hometown talk about you, and yet he's just Joseph. Thirteen verses we get, never with the speaking part of this man who raised the Son of God, this man who would teach Joseph about the wonders of God And we're told at the end of the passage this beautiful and striking thing. That after Joseph wakes from his sleep, he simply did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not, until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. And you know, maybe that's the lesson for us today. We spend so much time trying to be influencers and world changers, and I'm going to 
change and fix the system. I'm going to right the wrongs. I'm going to lift up those who, who have been wrongly treated. But what if, what if really we could just simply find wonder in being just Joseph? Just the man or woman that we're called to be. To play our part in the story. And recognize that it's a beautiful part. Whatever it might be. Because Joseph, he's the grinder. He's the put his kids through college. He's the raise the son of God kind of guy. He doesn't get much press. He doesn't have the panache of a Peter. The flair and flamboyance of people like Elijah or Elisha. He's, he's not exciting. He's behind the scenes. And he's so faithful. He's just Joseph. He's not getting lots of press. And that's wonder for you. In a world that uh, wants us to do great big things for God that are sick or nice or that won't fizzle out, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the small, kind, righteous acts of just Joseph. Maybe that's really what God's looking for. We've spent this Advent season listening and looking for God to be at work in our lives. How's that going for you? I know I'm seeing things in a different way this Advent, and I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. Here's the thing. As we make our way on the road to Bethlehem to Christmas Eve, just be Joseph. Just be you. Just be Jim. Just be Mike. Just be Mandy or Nora. Just be Mo. Just be Mark. Just be Betty. Just be you. Because you've got your own role to play in the story. And God is making all things come together in a beautiful way. Amen.
Amazing, amazing work, Brent, Marianne, our orchestra, our choir, oh my goodness, our sound techs, Reverend Strange, I mean, I love it. Let's give him one more big hand. 
We want to say a thank you also to Nicola. This is her last Sunday morning with us. She's going to be here on Christmas Eve. She's getting married on September 21st, which is fantastic. But... said it would only be mildly more embarrassing. Um, I just want to say thanks. You've really brought a lot of excellence to our worship ministry here, and we're grateful for you. So uh, we're getting ready to go tell it on the mountain. Go invite somebody for Christmas Eve. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at 3.30 or 5.30, and we do have uh, our fourth Sunday of Advent morning worship service at 11 a.m. that day. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>